right, guys. Welcome to Brolosophy. And here's a word from the companies that support Brolosophy. So um, we are proudly supported today by Yeti. Yeti are a premium outdoor brand that are starting to make some serious noise in Australia. They've created a new standard for coolers with two hard cooler models, the Tundra and the Rhodey, and they are at the forefront of, uh, of Yeti's mission. Basically born out of frustration with coolers that cracked, caved and gave up, Yeti has set out to improve three main elements, durability, extended ice retention and weather resistance. Yeti basically, guys, is the best in the world at what they do. And we like partnering with companies that are the best in the world at what they do. So if you want some premium drinkware, some premium outdoor cooler accessories for um, for your summer, for your holidays, for your um, caravanning adventure, whatever that is, then you can find that at Yeti. So head to yeti.com.au forward slash bro to check out their range and you'll not be disappointed. Also guys, head to trueprotein.com.au and you'll find Australia's greatest supplement company. Friends of ours for a very long time. True Protein are amazing. They support us. Uh, they support us, and we support them by sending people across for you know all of their supplement needs. So premium protein powders, weight proteins, vegan proteins, meal replacement stuff, post workout. You know, blah blah blah. All the good stuff. Um, carbohydrate blends, oat blends. Yeah, they got it all. Um, Really like the guys at True Protein. Uh, I am someone who cycles on and off protein, creatine, amino acids, fish oils, you know, so on and so forth. But when I am training hard and when I am using supplements, I'll always use True Protein. So check out trueprotein.com.au. Use the code BRO and you will receive 10% off. <laughs> Lastly, we are brought to you by Athena. So guys, with Athena, basically what we do is we support small business. So if you're a small business and you're looking to try and expand your team, try and do more things, try and help more people, try and grow your business, then we can really help you to do that because in small business, it's not always accessible for someone to hire a really talented staff member in their local country, especially in Australia and New Zealand and America and the UK, You know, most of the places that we have most of our listeners. So we go and we recruit people from underprivileged countries um, such as the Philippines and such as Venezuela. Argentina has gone through a bit of a rough trot economically. We support a lot of people in Venezuela, in Argentina and we get absolutely incredible people for a really cost-effective solution. So at Athena, we have three directors. We're all in Australia and then we have eight team members all abroad and all absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, the world is a lot smaller than it used to be. So remote work is, is pretty easy to manage. We have... Um, Aaron, who's IT and tech. We have Vicky. She's our social media manager. We have Ricardo, who's our community manager. Mike's in business development. Ed, graphic design. Jose, accounts. Yarn, recruitment. And Matthias, podcast production. So everyone that I mentioned there, <coughs> they're all absolute A-grade all-star players. And they're all in Venezuela, Argentina, Peru, and the Philippines. So We've been able to rapidly scale our business by using our own platform and using our own service and using our own talent and we can help you do it too. So if you want to check out what we do, head to athena.co, that's Athena with a Y and when you go to inquire, use the code BRO and you'll get 20 hours free of our virtual assistant services. Here's the show. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. 
Thanks for coming in, Merv. So, for the listeners out here, we have um, Merv Neal. It's Merv Neal, right? You got it, Bill. Yes. <laughs> I know we haven't done much preparation, but getting each I've other's got, name right I've is got, a good I've is got, a got good Merv start. written down here. I've got Merv written down. I just want to make sure. Uh, let's start that again. Eh? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Another clap. Um, so, Merv, uh, Merv, Merv, is, um, Merv is here to talk about um, um, laughter yoga and the therapeutic um, benefits of laughter, I guess. Would that yeah, be fair yeah. to say? Along with some other things. We've got along some with, other th- things yeah, that we'd like to share with Some the other things, sure. so, uh, which I find very fascinating. So, um, as we said before the show, I don't go super deep in the preparation for these, for these shows, but I do know a bit about your backstory. But why don't, we start with, why don't we start with that? Why don't we start with you just telling us a little bit about who you are and, and how you got to be, you know, the laughter yoga guy. Guy, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got a long backstory um, because I'm now 62 years old, but I'm going to start back in 2002, and that's when I got sick. So mm-hmm. that's when the laughter stuff mm-hmm. started. Um, I'd been owning, owning and operating my own businesses, still do, um, for quite some time. Then mm-hmm. I was in a very, very stressful business. I was in IT mm-hmm. during the Y2K Mm-hmm. phenomenon mm-hmm. and that was just a license to print money yeah people were saying oh we need new stuff even though they didn't mm-hmm. and it was just a license to just sell as much stuff as we possibly could mm-hmm. in a short period of time so it was a nice time to be in business but it was stressful now i was already working really hard anyway uh, i tend to do that in my businesses and we have to anyway and um all of a sudden the y2k thing come along and it was like this big wave that you just surfed Mm-hmm. Along and we surfed along that way for years and years, but I was totally ignorant of my health and yep. looking after myself in that time. It was all about the money, the pursuit of money. Mm-hmm. So we got there, we rode the wave to success, made lots and lots of money. And then I look forward and I'm going, the business is going nowhere. It's just had its moment in the sun, a bit like the mining boom that we've just had. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only dig up so much stuff and then you've dug it all up. Yeah. And uh, I look forward and I'm going, this business is going nowhere, time to get out. So I put it on the market and someone snapped it up really quickly because they're going, boy, this is a great business mm-hmm. because you've made all this money. But little did they know it was about to mm-hmm. um, fall off the cliff. At the same time, I was really tired. Yeah. And I thought, oh, not only is it about making money because the business is ripe for sale, um, it's time to get out because I'm really, really tired. And I think that was the first indication that I was actually consciously aware that I'd actually um, work myself really, really hard. So we mm-hmm. sold the business. That's the good news. Made some more money, which was good. And I sat back and I'm going, wow, you know, after working so hard right from the age of 12 when I had my first business up until the age of 45, which I was then, worked really hard. So it's my time in the sun. I'm going to sit back and just enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And then I collapsed and they rushed me to hospital and the doctors looked at me and assessed me and they said, don't know what you've been doing. 
but um, you know whatever you've done has been really really detrimental to your health you're in a lot of trouble and I said what's the diagnosis and the prognosis and they said well the diagnosis is you have um, a blood disease Mm -hmm. a a really um, significant fatal blood disease and there's not a lot we can do about it I'm going wow but isn't that what you guys do Mm. and they go yeah but not in this case there's not a lot we can do (laughs) why don't you go home and look after a few things I'm going, gee, I think that was a really bad diagnosis there. All right, that's about as bad as you can get. Yeah, it was. It was a surreal time because as I walked into the hospital and going up in the lifts and then I remember the the lifts of the doors opening and I just saw oncology and I thought, I'm in trouble. Mm. I really thought Mm. that was the first real... I was still doing deals on the phone and I just saw the word oncology and I thought, hang on, I'm in trouble here. And Mm. I turned the phone off and I thought, this is serious stuff. And anyway, so when I got the diagnosis, I'm going, what do I do? And they just said, why don't you go and organise some stuff? And I just started to laugh and they said, why are you laughing? I said, well, seriously, this is funny. They said, which part? Mm. I said, the whole thing. Now, what I meant by funny was absurd Yeah. because I'd worked so hard to be so successful and I finally got there and all of a sudden it's over I go Mm. wow this is really wacky I only found out recently Bill that this is a thing called pathological laughter Mm -hmm. and it's when your brain doesn't quite line up with the other parts of your brain and you start to laugh crazy Mm -hmm. because your brain can't actually work out what was going on Mm -hmm. so at that point of time I think they wanted to sort of put me into another ward and lock me away and say, you know... Yeah, the war the Joker was in well, for, yeah. for, for all his laughter. <laughs> I, got, I got wards for people who laugh hysterically for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And I turned into one of them. And I convinced them to just let me go home. I, I said, you know, I really want to go home. I've got, right, I got right. some things to do. Yeah. So I went home and did the four Fs, funeral, finances, family and friends. And I sat down and organised my own funeral. So but, at this point, it, it was it was you were aware they'd said it was terminal, was it? Or well, they said was, there was nothing they could do. Right. And they said what's happened is um, your bone marrow stopped producing blood, uh-huh. and when you stop producing blood, um, you know nothing actually circulates yep. around your body, so you're not going to last right. um, too long. And especially with the blood levels that I had, which were virtually zero they can pretty easily compute how much longer you're going to last like that and the answer was not very long at all while um while we continue on this timeline of of your life yep can i just jump into a question and ask you the the initial moment when you're in that um when you're in that you know doctor's um in the doctor's office and you're sitting across the table from him and he tells you the words there's not much that we can do like what is that actually you know there's not many people you know that 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 you don't hear the feelings that are attached to that very often. What What is that feeling kind of, how was, does that feel? <laughs> Good point. I'm not sure I felt anything. I think I was in a state of shock. Right. And certainly um, people that I work with now um, who have been diagnosed with illnesses and sometimes terminal or working with them in hospices, you know, mm. they can actually be in a state of shock. Yeah. And when you're in a state of shock, Bill, you don't actually feel anything at all. Yeah. You go numb. That makes sense. And you just shut down and you just well, go. You just don't compute. No, no, no. Nothing mm. makes sense. Mm. So this is when the pathological laughter started because yeah. the brain just went. Oh. The body's just like, we've got to do something. More. Well, yeah. And, and in hindsight, and, uh, you know, everything makes sense in hindsight. Um, the body had taken over with the laughter to try and get everything happening again. Mm-hmm. Now, I was told this by another doctor that I started to work with several weeks after I obviously didn't pass on. 
and he just started to say, laughter is trying to heal your body. Wow. I said to him, sit down, let's have a talk about that. Explain exactly yeah. how it's trying to do that. And he was the first one that opened my eyes and mind to the fact that laughter is the best medicine, and here's why. Mm. I'm going, wow, that's really fascinating. Well, I'm really, obviously, that's one of the key things I want to dive into. But let's pick your story back up. So you, yep. you came back, you came home, and then the four yep. Fs, you started to yep. plan your own funeral, which I can... can it's humbling. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Far out. Planning a wedding would be hard, you know? Oh, <laughs> Let alone the funeral. Far out. Well, oh. What was interesting about that is I wanted it to be a, a celebration yeah, of my life. Of and I didn't want anybody mourning, you know, everything I'd done <clears throat> was at my own hands. So I didn't want anybody going, oh, you know, <clears throat> this is terrible. It just is what it is. But I'd had a great life up until then. And I wanted everybody to celebrate my life up until then. So I wanted my Bowie songs yeah, to be which played. Which Bowie songs? Bowie oh. songs. I named my dog after David Bowie. Oh, get out, really? Ziggy Stardog, his name is. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> Dead set, though. Bowie's my favourite musician. No, well, he, he was for many people. Actually, and I cried for a week when he passed. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I grew up with Bowie at the same age as him, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, three David Bowie songs. So Gene Genie. You yeah. know, imagine the coffin coming into the church, Gene Genie. You yeah, know, awesome. Bom, 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 really yeah. high level. And, and good, good good, vibes. Celebration. Oh, yeah, but, but Sets that's, celebration that's it. That's yeah. it. Everybody hears Gene Genie. They're yeah. up and around yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, pumping. You know, you... My, um, one of my best friend's um, father's passed away way too young. Yeah. And um, he wanted a celebration too. And he was just a goof, goofball of a human yep. and a lovely guy. And his um, coffin came out to... Um, Lagrange um, by Z. Is it Z Top? Z Top, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you top. go. So that that's oh, that. that, that oh, yeah, okay. so, and everyone just started laughing because <laughs> that was just it. his his personality. You know? <laughs> but that's setting the tone. for, yeah. Come on, guys, this is what this is going to be about. So I wanted that with Gene Genie, and then halfway through Rebel Rebel mm-hmm. because I was a rebel in my youth. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up uh, without a dad in my adolescent years and went a little bit wayward so joined the military and they sorted me out which is a good thing and that was great from a business perspective because they taught me discipline and respect Mm -hmm. so that was fantastic Mm -hmm. and then on the way out heroes we can be heroes just for one day i thought Mm -hmm. yeah leave them crying they've had a good time (laughs) 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 but the other thing bill i I made a list of the people who were wanted there but just importantly the people who i didn't want there yeah you know because i didn't want to want people going oh poor old merv who really didn't know me or, or hated me in business or something like that and just turned up for whatever reason. So I don't know it was just a really humbling experience yeah, to sit be. down and and just say to the folks, you know, this is who I was and this is, is where I'm at. And what's interesting now, and I was speaking to someone only yesterday who does life stories of people in aged care facilities. So mm-hmm. the volunteers mm-hmm. um, of MND actually go along and they'll record just like this people's life stories. Yeah. And the people love just telling you know, yeah. their life story. And then they document it in a book and then publish it as a book. So Yeah, that's great. For yeah. neuron disease, was it? MND, MND yes. Oh, yes. I had a friend pass that as well. It was the most yeah. horrible thing I've ever seen. It, it's, it's a nasty thing. And I was working mm. um, with someone who organised the volunteers just yesterday at another organisation um, who deals with people with acquired brain injuries. Mm. So, um, mm. yeah, there's some tough um, gigs out there. 100%. Um, so that was it. Organised the finances. So, you know, I'd made a lot of money, so I had to get rid of it really, really quickly and make sure that that was all secure so that mm-hmm. that was always given across. And my wife to this day said it was the happiest day of her life, giving all this money. <laughs> Spend it, do what you want with it. <laughs> she would have been spewing three weeks later. She's like, mate, what's yeah, the, uh, right. <laughs> what are you doing here? You keep waking this. up every day. Oh. 
This is not what we agreed to. <laughs> and then just, then just, you know, told family and friends, this, this is what it is. Mm. And this is how it's played out. And um, these are the cards I've been dealt and this is the way it's going to go. And that took about two days. I'm a businessman. I get things done. Yep. And then I sat down. I looked at my Jack Russell Terrier and he just laughed at me and I laughed at him. And we just <laughs> laughed and laughed and laughed. And then he said to me, he said, let's go for a walk. I'm going, let's go for a walk. I've got <laughs> nothing else to do. And so me and my dog became the best of friends. We were anyway, yeah, yeah, but we yeah. developed this really close relationship and we would just laugh together and we would walk endlessly. I was up in Upway in the mountain, in the um, uh, Dandenong Ranges there, and we'd walk up and down hills until mm-hmm. we were exhausted. But he loved it. He thought it was fantastic. And we'd just laugh and laugh and laugh. And then one day I said to my wife, get me some oysters. She said, you don't eat oysters. I said, I do now. I just had this craving for oysters and I'd just sit in the backyard and just eat oysters endlessly and throw the shells up into the backyard but one day someone will be doing some digging up there and they'll think they've come across an ocean or something. <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> it was just me throwing the oysters up there <laughs> so it was surreal but i was eating oysters which i found out recently are great for your blood everyone thinks of you know they're just an aphrodisiac but mm-hmm. they're absolutely great for your blood right. so it made you your sense. body was craving them oh, was absolutely absolutely so listen wow. to your body and just do what it tells you to mm. do you know so and you've never been fan of oysters no, not Whoa. at all. It's like a pregnancy when women have, you know, uh, <laughs> when they have um, you know, cravings for... The baby's like, hey, I need some fucking chocolate milk. But that's <laughs> it, you know. So my daughter's just had our um, fifth grandchild just a couple of weeks ago and it was interesting watching her develop those cravings. Yeah. And I just said to her, listen to your body and do whatever your yeah, body yeah, tells you to do. So this is innate intelligence, a body over mind, not mind over body. And my body was telling me through the dog, you know, laugh, walk mm-hmm. and eat oysters. And I just kept on feeling better and better and better. And then when I got in touch with this doctor who just said to me what laughter was trying to do, he said, I want you to come back and meet with me every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. Here is a recurring appointment. I've still got the business card. He said, come back and meet me every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock until you get better. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hang on, somebody else thinks I'm going to make it here. Mm. Now, what that doctor had given me was hope. And what the others had taken away was hope. Yeah. So it's really, really interesting. And when I'm working with people who are ill and our medical professionals, bless them, they do such a good job, outstanding job. they just got to be careful of the wording that they use because yeah. to take away hope from anyone, anytime is saying it's over. 100%. And they'll often follow that and go, well, if they reckon it's over, it's over. So. Have you ever um, read uh, A Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl? A what? A Man's Search for Meaning by no, Victor Frankl. No, I know of Victor Frankl, yeah. but never heard or read that book, no. Yeah, so in <clears throat> in A Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl's a psychotherapist and he's in the, um, he's in Auschwitz, I believe, and, yep. and, and a couple of other um, um, concentration camps uh, yep. through through the Holocaust. And he talks about um, the the will of the mind to control the body yeah. and, and, and how important hope is. Yes. And, and they, they, he talks about the fact that um, in the concentration camps, everyone had cigarettes, but cigarettes were their currency. Yeah. So you would have, you know, five cigarettes that would be like having $50 and you could, yep. you know, buy rice for them, you could get a new pair of shoes, so on and so forth. And if you'd had a great day or something to celebrate or maybe a rough day, that, that your friends and you would share a cigarette. You know, you'd have a couple yeah. of puffs of a cigarette and that's yep. how you would use your cigarettes in concentration okay. camps. Okay. But people always had, you know, five or 10, 15 cigarettes in their position. Yeah. And he said that every time that he would see a friend in the concentration camps sitting down and smoking a full cigarette, yep. he knew that within 24 hours they would, they would drop dead. Right. And that was because they 
had given up. That was them signaling. Yeah. This is my. I'm giving. I don't need my currency anymore. <laughs> my last cigarette. That, yes. Yeah. They yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. They were like, like it's like having no money in a concentration camp, and you have you know five dollars yeah. left. You need that five dollars for if you need you know whatever to keep yourself alive. They had yeah. nothing, and. When so you know you would, they would see his friends sit down and just smoke two or three cigarettes in a row and then they would know within twenty four hours they would drop dead. Interesting. And and that was because they that was them giving up, signalling to them their to farewell. Them. Yeah, that was them giving uh, up. Uh, and 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 so your point about the hope thing, you know, the placebo effect is real. You know, the placebo effect is unf- it's it's shown in, in double blind studies over and over and over how real the placebo and the nocebo effect. You know, the nocebo the opposite effect of if you go um. Cancer patients uh, that go into rooms that are coloured the same colour as um, as the rooms that they had their heaviest treatment in get queasy, um, upset stomachs and feel, and their blood pressure goes through that. So, and that's the body going, oh, "Fuck, I know this feeling, I know this place," and that's all here starts here. So, I find it very interesting what you just said about the, the hope thing. Um, couple of stories on all that stuff, and mm. gee, don't get me started on the placebo stuff because mm. I think. A majority of medicine is placebo. Yeah. I really do. I think that what I do with the laughter, a lot of it's placebo. Now, I just don't know how much. Yeah. So we just um, completed a research study with people in a pain management program. And we got some amazing results from that. And, of course, what I'm hanging my hat on, I'm saying, oh, the endorphins get released into your body. Our body's natural painkillers, Dr. Craig Hassard from Monash University in his book, The Essence of Health. Endorphins are 100 times more powerful than morphine, is mm-hmm. his quote. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with, yeah, the endorphins did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down and I thought, or oh, did we just tell them it was going to be good for them yeah. and reduce the pain? And did they do it yeah. all for themselves? Yeah. So... Yeah, the placebo, I am right into that at the moment. Michael Mosley, um, I enjoy some of his work, and he did a whole thing on placebo recently where he gave 100 people a, a, a nothing pill but told 50 of them that it was good for them, yeah. and those 50 got better and the other 50 didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, the placebo, and it's all about um, maybe starting with hope. So two other things, um, going back to the concentration camp, story which is an intense one when we were doing our other research study uh, with people undergoing kidney dialysis uh, when we were doing the laughter sessions it's all online uh, for everyone to see there was one gentleman in there who had a tattoo on his forearm it was pretty obvious what that tattoo was from and for why and we had a lot of downtime and I started to talk to him about what was it like in Auschwitz because these are historical stories straight from the mouth of people that were there. So I was fascinated with his story. And I said to him, I said, wow, that must have been the hardest time in your life. And he goes, no, this is. Mm. And I said, why? Why undergoing kidney dialysis? Why is this the hardest time of your life? Mm. He said, I know I'm not going to get out of here. Mm. I'm going, oh, don't do that. I started to cry. I'm going, oh, my God. He said, I always thought I was going to get out of Auschwitz. Mm. He said, but I'm not going to get out of here. And that was so deep and so profound. It just Mm. made me cry. Now, one of the things that happens with people on kidney dialysis, if they don't have the good fortune to have a a replacement kidney, is they will choose to take themselves off the dialysis and subsequently die. Mm. And a significant person was Gurumul Mm -hmm. recently, he was on kidney dialysis and actually took himself off so that he could pass. Mm. So fairly intense. That's a story of one of the gentlemen in there that linked back to the hope Mm. and no hope. Mm. But one of the other people that was in there, you looked into their eyes and you could see there was no hope. 
Yeah. You can just see it in the eyes, Bill. You know, the, they're just lost yeah. within themselves. And you go, oh, you're gone. Now, over the period of time that we're doing the research study and the laughter with these people undergoing kidney dialysis was she started to get a twinkle in her eyes again. She started to light up. And even the people in charge um, said that they were going to take them off suicide watch because they'd lit up. <laughs> and I said to them, I said, what do you mean by lit up? Tell me what lit up means. And they go, we don't know. And what they actually meant was the lights were back on in their eyes. Wow. So you take hope away from people, you'll see the lights go off yeah. in their eyes. And then there's no hope. That's uh, that's, that's we've gone too deep too quickly. I thought no, we were going to no, have a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. But um, it's so funny though because um, me and my friend, uh, me and my friend Matt, we we travelled. Um, and the listeners know him actually. Um, Roisy, we call him. His, his nickname okay. is Roisy. Okay. Me and my, one of my best mates, Roisy, we travelled through um, South America for seven months, and we always hated those posy photos standing in front of you know like this sculpture or this sure. mountain or whatever so we'd always sit there and we go hey can you take a photo of us mate and someone yeah. would take a photo and we'd stand there real cheesy and we'd look at it we go no 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 let's can we do that again that? and we'd, we'd do we'd go right ready ready yeah. you say something funny yeah. and he'd go ha 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 <laughs> and then we'd fake the laughter and then we'd actually start laughing you know what i mean there was like a point where you're like faking the laughter faking the laughter yeah. oh i'm really i'm really laughing now because this is ridiculous yes um, yeah. so when you're talk, talking about these um, treatments that you, that you did, so is that how it would work? Like, how does the la laughter therapy actually work? Nice segue. So the, the laughter yoga process is exactly that. So yeah. create, created by a doctor in India back in 1995. So and he actually come up with, um, you know, fake it till you make it. Now, oh, that, yeah. that was sort of a cute, corny yeah. term at the time. But the whole philosophy is embody the laugh. Put the body into a state of laughter mm -hmm. and as long as you give into the process sooner or later the brain follows and you just start to genuinely <laughs> laugh so yeah the fake the fake laughing is you know ha 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 ho 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 he 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 all that sort of stuff and as long as you keep going keep going keep going something switches on in the brain that says hang on body's having a good time yeah we may as I'm well I'm getting involved we may as well, <laughs> yeah, we may as well on board here. jump in and join in the party so oh, with the people cool in kidney dialysis or chronic pain or the business research studies that we've um, done. We've got another one uh, hopefully coming up really soon with people undergoing chemotherapy. None of this is funny. So to go mm. in there and say, right, now let's mm. have a hearty yeah, laugh. Yeah. You know, you're on really a hide into nothing. It. So the laughter yoga process virtually says, well, we're going to pretend to laugh and you know, fake the laugh. We're going to pretend to laugh, simulate it within the body and then the brain will follow. Mm -hmm. So essentially every session that I did, the one that I did yesterday, the one that I'm doing tonight for another group, is we simulate the laughter. Mm -hmm. And then as long as the people go with it, eventually they start to laugh. And one person laughs, they lose it, and then they lose it, and then they lose it, then they lose it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they're just laughing and they're going, wow, this feels fantastic. Mm -hmm. And when it feels good, you just keep laughing. <laughs> yeah, That's the process. Oh, man, that's hilarious. So why do you think... Um and every time I say something like that, it's a, it's a pun and I'm not really meaning it. But um, I That's said, all right. I said, That's all right. <laughs> but um, so oh, why do you think... Because I don't really understand the science behind laughter, like yep. the endorphins and so forth. Yep. So um, from a philosophical standpoint, I'm going to ask this question. Yep. Or sorry, I'm going to ask this question. You can answer it from a philosophical standpoint. Yep. And then you can uh, answer it from a, um, a scientific standpoint as well. But why is laughter important? Well, once you understand the benefits that it has for you, it's critical, mm -hmm. all right? So we talk about a sense of sight, smell, sound. These are all our senses. Another thing called, it's called a sense of humor. Yeah. 
And so that is a sense that's really, really important. Otherwise, we wouldn't be gifted with a sense of humour. Huh. Now, political correctness and all that sort of stuff is sort of stymied. It's taken it away from us. Our sense bit, of humour more yeah, than a little yeah. bit. And all of a sudden we're going, oh, you know, this Can isn't funny, this isn't yeah, funny, yeah, this yeah. isn't funny, so we don't laugh. Now, we're a really stressed society nowadays and we're falling ill to a whole heap of illnesses because we are so stressed and we've actually lost our sense of humour. The ability to provide that balance to say, well, this is really dark, but this is really, really light. Mm -hmm. So when you understand what laughter does to you at a mind, body and physiological point of view, you say to yourself, I really need to do this on a regular basis. Mm. It's a bit like saying, Bill, you know, oh, why is going to the gym important? Well, to get your heart and lungs pumping mm. and to keep your weight down and keep mm. your metabolism. That's why it's important. And yeah. if you don't do it, you're going to get sick. Mm. Laughter is an aerobic exercise. And once you understand what it does, you go, well, it's really important that I do it. So to run through the major things that it does, it improves your immune system. This has got a lot to do with the vagal nerve that attaches from um, your brain to your gut. And every time you laugh, it actually... Um, moves that vagal nerve gotcha. the connection between the body and the mind so that's the body mind spirit link mm -hmm. you know when we talk about yoga that we um, refer to with laughter yoga mm -hmm. but then the other thing that's happening is moving the lymph around our body all right mm -hmm. so our lymph duct goes right down our guts yep there as well too and the diaphragm's pushing this lymph all around so, uh, our body cleaning out the cobwebs all that sort of <laughs> stuff you know and if your lymph system your lymphatic system's moving around and creating all the killer cells and doing what it's supposed to do um it's going to keep you healthier than if you don't mm -hmm. and that's what laughter does that's what we talk about when we talk about um boosts the immune system increases oxygen to the cells of your body and your brain um laughter's an exhalation process yeah so the only way you can get oxygen in is to get carbon dioxide out as simple mm -hmm. as that mm -hmm. so if you laugh <laughs> oh, this is great. You're dragging me along. Hang on, hang on. It gets better, it gets better. <laughs> the point I'm making is laughter is extreme exhalation. Yeah. And guess what happens after extreme exhalation? Extreme, extreme inhalation. inhalation. Yeah. All right, so yeah. it gets more oxygen. It's kind of like hyper-oxygenating your, um, your system. You got it. Yeah, okay, absolutely, cool. absolutely. Yeah. Another thing called meditation does exactly the mm -hmm. same thing. Mm -hmm. I meditate I'll, every day. There you go. Mm. I was talking to a guy built similar to you, and I'm going, you obviously work out. Greek you know, god. Greek god, that's <laughs> right. <yes. laughs> Greek god who hasn't been in the gym for a while. <laughs> I, I said to him, I said, what do you do? He goes, oh, I'm into this hyperbaric stuff. He said, yeah. two hours a day in an oxygen tank. I'm going, well, you could laugh. Yeah. I said, it's actually a similar process. Mm -hmm. So everyone's into this massive hits of oxygen, mm -hmm. and that's what laughter does. So the more oxygen into your body goes into the cells, which is health, energy, providing mm -hmm. glucose mm -hmm. there, getting you up and about, but healthy brain as well. So your brain doesn't function without oxygen yeah. and about 25% more oxygen required than other organs in the body. So why don't you laugh? Because once you finish laughing, you get this massive um, oxygen intake like you've never experienced. Mm -hmm. That's the second thing, blood circulation. So it relaxes the muscles to allow the blood to flow more freely around yep. the body. Which is important because the blood carries the oxygen. Yeah. And then once it's finished carrying the oxygen, it picks up the rubbish and it actually expels the rubbish. So the blood combined with the oxygen is what's known as aerobic exercise. Yeah. And that's what we do in a laughter session. We provide aerobic exercise. Pain relief. We proved this with the pain management research study that we just did. It reduces pain. 
let's just say through the endorphins for now, we won't go into the placebo, which is real. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it helps people to manage their pain levels. So we found that not only does it reduce pain, but they have the ability to manage their pain levels um, so much better. So it reduces pain. Usually after a laughter session, people say, oh, I've got no pain for two hours. Now that I believe through my readings is directly resultant because of the endorphins going straight into the spinal cord and numbing, right. numbing the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, depression or anxiety, big issues at the moment. Huge issues. Huge issues. We call it mental health. It's actually mental illness. And you can't be depressed or anxious and laugh. Yeah. All right. So yeah. just they for that. hand in hand. Just, well, just for that period of time when you're in the moment, because when you're laughing, you're in the present moment with mm-hmm. depression. You're stuck in the past with anxiety. You're in fear of the future. Mm-hmm. When you laugh, it doesn't matter which end of the scale that you're at, you're just in the present moment. Mm. So I say to people, you know, would you like to, just for the next hour, have no depression or no anxiety? And they go, oh, bring it on. And for that hour, we actually put them into a state of nothing. Mm. And they go, that was really cool. I think, Bill, it then gets them questioning, hang on, do I really have to be depressed? Yeah. Is this really a state that I have to be in or is there another way of getting out of it and look at the end of the day that's what medications do they take you out of the mm-hmm. depressive or out of the anxious state mm-hmm. doesn't cure yeah the problem it just takes you out of that state for a period of time mm. but it's brain training as well with the, with the anxiety and depression stuff like if you're training your brain to be in the pre- if you can spend an hour of yep. your 16 hours of waking day being totally present yep you know that's why depression and anxiety and you know meditation is great going for a surf is great going for a bike ride having you know, sex with your partner, whatever, all these things that we have, you know, you can't really focus on the past or the future and be depressed. You, you have to be in the moment. Correct. You don't get those, you don't get that many of them in your day, you know, if you're nope. awake for 16 hours in a day. Yep. If you can slot in an hour of laughter therapy where you know you're going to be having to be in the present, that's training your brain, you know, it's a skill, your brain. It's like kicking a football, you know, the more that you, yep. you practice one state of mind, yep. you know, it's, so I think it's, that's amazing. I, um, I, do laughter training. And just recently, while we're talking about training your brain, this guy was a brain trainer. Mm-hmm. Come in from Auckland to do the training in Sydney with me. And he had some devices, which I've subsequently um, bought since then to mm-hmm. start practicing with. He said, I just thought I'd share with you. He said, I do brain training and meditation and mindfulness and all that sort of stuff. And heart rate variability monitor that he had. He said, when I'm in a bad place, it's at this number. When I'm in a good place, it's at this number. When I do meditation, mindfulness, it's at this number. Mm -hmm. He said, after a day of laughter training, he said, the number's gone up to a point where I've never seen it before. Really? I'm going, cool. Wow. So so there's so much that we don't know. So I've gone and bought a uh, heart rate variability monitor. I'm going to start practicing with it now. So Mm. it does it all instantly and without without us knowing it, and it's so much fun. Mm. It's so much fun. So, yes, yeah. yeah, surfing, going for a walk. Oh, I'm going to go back to my apartment, go for a swim. Mm-hmm. And when you're swimming, you just get into that zone. You go, this yeah. is cool. I'm thinking of nothing. Yeah. And that's what flow state. I don't really like the term flow state. Everyone uses it. But it's, it is... It does make sense, you know. You, yep. You're just fully in the in the moment. Yep. And uh, yeah, there's there's nothing better. I'd love to see a, um, <clears throat> an MRI of somebody's brain when they're when they're laughing, you know, like over and over and over. A comedy, say a comedy show, or or, or you know what you do, an hour, whatever it is. But yep. Obviously, um, you know, more people probably go to the comedy shows, and it's probably more common. But because um, <clears throat> I've been looking at um, 
seeing all the research that's coming out with um, um, psychedelic drugs, um, yep. psilocybin for um, for mental health, anxiety, and depression. And the reason that psilocybin is uh, has been granted breakthrough therapy status in Europe and the United States is because it switches off the um, default mode network. So it doesn't turn your brain on; it switches more parts off. And the default mode network is the self-biographical part of your brain. So that's the part that you know. You know, I am Merv, I do this, people think this of me, so on yep. and so forth. When you get a knock in the head in a car and you forget yourself, yep. that's a part of your brain that you're damaged. Yep. But on, on um, magic mushrooms and, or proper psilocybin um, therapies, that part of your brain switches off. Yep. And then through doing that, meditation, I 100% assume, just having a guess that laughs would be the same, meditation, float tanks, um, flow state, anything, yep. it switches the default mode network off you're not worrying about yourself you're living totally in the present so i'd love to see i'd love to see what an mri of like a person's brain i'm sure they're out there a person's brain with it when they're laughing you know i'd I'd assume that it would have the same effect i haven't done that Mm. but um there's a guy in the united states lee burke from loma linda university and he's done a lot of research on this laughter stuff and he's got all the data about what happens in your brain Mm. and it goes into a gamma state and Mm. it's the same state as if you're in deep meditation. So he's already proven um, a lot of this stuff. And there's such a great link to meditation and mindfulness and laughter because the actual process of exhaling, 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 and then breathing in, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Are you doing anything with the comedy festival? Yes, I am. Nice yeah, segue I thought, again. I Quick, let's be. do a plug. I thought you <laughs> might be because, um, because I, I, I want to do, uh, every year the comedy festival comes around, I go more and more and more. And I okay. actually wanted to... Um, try and get in touch with the comedy festival and um and i wanted to do 30 days of comedy 30 nights in a, 30 nights in a row every night of the of the comedy go to a show and i wanted to interview a comedian every day nice um but i'm going to be away for the last week so this year i just okay. won't be able to do it but i love the comedy festival it's yeah. the greatest night out and i just thought because it was coming up because i looked at it today i wanted to see when it started i yeah. thought there might be something in there for you what are you doing you just, i'm you're do- just getting on stage and laughing <laughs> See if people laugh. Oh, <laughs> I, I, that would actually be a good show, by the way. Well, I t- I've thought about it on several occasions, and, and I think I'd be more like the Fringe Festival than the yeah. Comedy Festival yeah, that's right. by just getting up there and laughing. But I, I have thought about doing, and I will do it one day, I promise. Yeah. But I'll um, get a ticket. but I'm in the process of seeing um, if I can get a TED talk, a TEDx talk, at the moment. And TEDx contacted me just the other day and they just said, by the way, we've got an open mic (coughs) night and it's at the start of the comedy festival at a a premises in um, Melbourne. And they said, you know, we're going to award a slot to the top 10 applications. Would you like to apply? I'm going, yeah. And um, I got nominated as one of the top 10. So I am in the Melbourne Comedy Festival as a TEDx open mic Oh. Talk. No, there's a lot of open mic so stuff there. attached to the festival. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. I've made it. Yeah, well done. Well done. <laughs> but but, but yes, um, to go to the comedy festival. But the interesting thing, Bill, is what I do is not comedy. And that's no. possibly the one thing that I, has stopped me doing it because comedy relies on jokes. Yeah. Um, we don't do jokes. We do just yeah. body laughter. Yeah. And well, that's look, I'll play devil's advocate and say yeah, that comedy... On. Comedy relies on because not some of my favourite comedians don't tell jokes; they just tell their life story. But um, they do, yeah. But they do, and the yeah. best ones are the ones that just stand up, up and just talk about life. Yeah. yeah. And what they're actually telling people, and people don't actually understand this subconsciously, is they're telling people that life is funny, mm. and you can actually be out there and see life as funny. Yeah. And that's why people love comedy festivals, apart from the fact that they have the ability to 
their permission to openly laugh with another group of people, which is what my laughter sessions are all about. (coughs) But they're saying life as it is, is funny, which Mm. is a sense of humour. And they're trying to portray that message. Unfortunately, we walk down the street and everything that we see says, oh, life's not funny. This we 24-7. Everything we see says buy this, buy that. And the 24-7 media cycle is it's bad. There's this catastrophe in Venezuela. There's this. fucked. But we're, we're attached to it and it's just coming at us the whole time. So we lose that sense of humour. So mm. the comedy festival is so popular because people say, oh, can we escape from everything else yeah. and just go to a show just for an hour and just laugh oh. and just lose our stuff 100%. for an hour. So, yeah, the greatest comedians are like the Billy Connolly, Pete Hallier, yep. these sort of people, they're not one line. They just stand up there and tell yeah, life stories. You know, and I tell you what. To one of your points as well, like one of the greatest comedians of all time, in my opinion, is George Carlin. You know, and George Carlin was um, political. He basically was a political satirist. Oh, okay. You know, taking okay. the piss out of the, the world that we live That's in and realizing yeah. that like it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, don't get too carried away in, mm. in 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 thinking about how important having a big house or having a good job or all yep. this all this stuff that we. It's like he just takes the, the piss out of it. You know, yeah. for lack of a better term. And and it was great. It was an awesome form of comedy. You know. Yeah. I think comedians have that as a not all comedians. You can go out there and just tell you know. Not sure. jokes, and that's sure. sure. But um, but a lot of comedians, you know, I think they 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 they're allowed, you know, in the day and age now that we we can't say what we think a lot of the time for you know, lack of lack of or, or you know for yep. risk of persecution. Yep. That you know a comedian because it's all about where it's delivered from. You know, if it's yep. delivered from a place of hey, have a look at this, it's silly, let's have a laugh and whatever, yes. then it's okay. It's, I, yes. I really think comedy is about. You know, where is it coming from? Is it coming from a good place or is yes. it coming from an evil place, what you're saying? You know, yes. and, and you can joke about most things in that in that case. Yes. And I think comedians and and um, it, comedians are really important because they can get up on stage and, and talk about current issues like yep. no one else and yep. get away with it. You know, yep. bring things to people's minds. It's not yep. what a comedy is all about, but it's really yep. important and I think it's still great comedy. So, um, yeah. And well, I think we need it more and more in this day and age where you can't, you can't bring topics up for risk of you know getting getting smashed on facebook or or you know getting yeah social media is an interesting one it's created a big divide now we've got a love-hate relationship with every i got i got sucked into one this morning and i'm going i'm going why am i doing this because i was sucked into that that i don't like this i don't like this and if i'd let myself keep going it would have gone to a a love-hate relationship Mm. you know so comedians just say can we just lighten up and can yeah. we look at the world in a different way and it's a comedic way but it appeals to our conscious brain we still have to process it through the brain yep. and go is that funny or isn't that funny so political satire if you're on the wrong side of the political fence you might go nothing is funny yeah so we're not going to laugh at you yeah, yeah. so comedians comedians different types of comedians for different types of audiences yeah. and as long as you get the right comedian for yeah. the right They've audience they know their crowd Everyone just sits yeah. there and just kills themselves yeah, laughing yeah, for a whole hour. And it gets to the stage where you haven't even heard the joke, but as soon as they hit the punchline, you go, oh, that's my cue to laugh again. So <laughs> yeah. Everyone just laughs again. Yeah. And certainly the infectiousness of people laughing around you is just golden. If you hear someone authentically laughing yeah. around you, you just go, oh, this feels so good. You know, that person is in such yeah. a state of joy, yeah. it's doing me good. It's funny though, because <clears throat> my favourite TV show of all time, or my two probably are The Office, the UK version, right. um, and Seinfeld. Right. And, you know, both c- comedies, you know. Right. Um, and I know that 
if I'm sitting watching The Office by myself, yep. I won't laugh out loud. No. I love it. I no. love The Office. Yes. But if I'm sitting by myself, <laughs> I won't laugh out loud. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking, that is hilarious, but I'm just not laughing out loud I'm by myself. And then if I'm sitting with one person or a group of people, something comes on, I'm like, <laughs> I know. What, I, what happens there? What happens there is we laugh inside. And I love comedy. And the uh, Ricky Gervais is yeah. pos- possibly one of the greatest comedic geniuses oh, out there agree. no doubt about it i don't like seinfeld just because i don't like american comedy yep. with the canned humor yep. that's fair just enough. me that's fair my enough. preference but because i don't like it it doesn't matter who they are as long as they're americans got canned laughter i don't like it <laughs> whereas as, if it's yeah. british i'll give them a chance yeah yeah and ricky gervais it's not what he says but it, what he it's that little glint into the camera just a look into the camera with his eyes and you go oh that's funny yeah but i'll be sitting there as a laughter expert for hours on end watching all this comedy and I won't have laughed once. Yeah, I'm right. going, oh my goodness, I'm laughing inside. Yeah. Yet as soon as you get me with someone else, mate, play the tape back. We've laughed a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's Because right. you're laughing and yeah. I'm laughing. So you feed off each other. In <laughs> a so laugh, weird, isn't it? It is, but it makes sense because when we're alone, we go within. Mm. And we just, you know, we've got nothing to feed off. Mm. And we watch it and we're stimulated by it, but we don't actually respond the same way as if we were in a group mm. of people actually laughing. So what's interesting Sorry. about that is a lot of the research studies that have been done have been done on comedy. Mm-hmm. And comedy is very subjective. And I will tell you now, even Ricky Gervais in a room full of people laughing, you still won't laugh in the same way as you would in one of my laughter sessions because yeah. it's coming from a different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's coming from the body controlling the mind rather than the mind controlling body. Interesting. But it is um, fascinating that you can sit there all night. And a yeah. lot of people will say to me, oh, I laugh all the time. And I look at them and I go, tell your face. <laughs> there's, something about, there's something about your face that says you haven't even smiled in the, la- <laughs> yeah. in the last decade. You know, you know? Um, I-, I was talking to this girl. Uh, I was sitting on a plane next to me one time. I don't know where I was going, but I was flying. And um, we talked about, I don't know what, but we talked about age. We just we just asked each other our ages or something. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I just said something funny about... Oh, yeah. Not funny. I said something about, um, oh, yeah, I definitely can notice a few more wrinkles in my photos or something like that. Yeah. Because I'm I'm 33. Maybe I just turned 30 in the last little while. And I said, she she asked me something about that. I really don't remember the conversation well, but but I said, yeah, the only place I play to get wrinkles though is up here. Yep. And she goes, oh, that means you've laughed a lot in your life. Correct. She's like, they're they're happiness wrinkles. Uh, And I said to her, I said, you know what? I've laughed a fucking (laughs) shitload. Um, so that's great. <laughs> you know, Botox, Botox laughter. That's probably the, the, the non-laughter one, the old furrowed brow. Oh, the old, but it is. The stress one. But it is. And you yeah. see people, and I, I just presented at the um, uh, Monash University, sorry, Melbourne University with Monash University Law Forum, and lawyers are really serious. Yeah. And it shows in their face. I'm not yeah. saying, I'm, I'm not having a go at lawyers. I'm just yeah. saying, if you're involved with something serious all the time mm-hmm. and your face is serious all the time, it takes on that look. Mm. Now, it's a thing called physiognomy where we can actually change the face as a result of doing laughter. Huh. And I've done um, physiognomy studies um, with a company in the UK, even presently. Physiognomy. Never heard of that. Look it up. <laughs> it's like geolotologist. Yeah, okay. That's a <laughs> um, good one too. It's, it's the change of the face over time as a result huh. of something. Okay. And um, we did pictures of people just before a laughter session and then after a laughter session, and it's as if they've been transformed. You really? know, they get Oh, absolutely. They go in looking like this and they come out and you go, wow, that is a makeover. Instant, instant makeover. Wow. And over time, 
whether it was in the kidney dialysis unit or um, the pain management study, you could actually see people's faces change over the time. They are starting to light up and just become more joyful. And you have a look at the other people. When you go out in the office here, you'll be able to go, yeah, you laugh a lot, you don't, you're yeah. happy, you're not happy. Oh, you can tell. I can tell who I want to kind of talk to in the room. And, and sure. You, know, you go, oh, I don't yeah. really want to go. <laughs> <Say> to go <laughs> yeah, that won't happy today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a room on me. <laughs> so that's physiognomy, and we're doing work with a UK company with artificial intelligence at the moment. And one of the things that the computer does is have a look at them before and have a look at them after, and the change is just... Amazing. Really? Wow. Amazing. Yep. I know that because you know yesterday, this, this, it's funny that we're having this conversation today because yesterday I spent a lot of time looking at a computer and that's you know not ideal anyway. Nope. But yesterday I spent probably seven hours out of the nine hours of my day um, looking at a computer screen but talking. Yesterday was one of the most... Okay. Harrowing days I've ever had just because it just okay. sucked the life out of me. Not, not uh, really. It was fine. No, no. It was a, but it I, was a day. But yeah. I led... Every talk was like client meeting that I led for an hour or like team meeting that I led for an hour yep. or I was just talking every all of that yep. time and when I talk on, on the computer screen I, I talk like you're doing this. it now I you're know, doing I, it now I, I, talk, I talk like this you know because it, it's serious yeah yeah and, and, and it's a little bit in between your eyes <laughs> and after my day finished yesterday I got my Apple uh, my Apple I, I, my what was it called um Apple TV remote yeah. it's just like this nice little bit of minimalist um, yep. and I sat there and I was like this that's it. I was trying to like, just flatten out. I, I could That's feel it. it. I've yeah. never done it before in my life. There you go. But because we're having this conversation, it was actually, I felt I was just, I felt like I was always just stuck like this. I'm yep. like, oh. Yep. So I was flattening out my forehead. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, you can laugh. Yeah. Does exactly yeah, that would have done the thing. job. I should have just sat there. Um, but um, oh man what a, what a classic so how does laughter yoga actually work well just like that so we simulate it into the body to override the conscious brain do you do positions though as well like is yeah. It, yeah laughter exercise yoga uh, not quite or, okay not quite but the yoga that we talk about is the yoga breathing. Yep. All right. So we laugh, we clap, we breathe. And the breathing is the yoga breathing. So mm-hmm. we actually, between the laughs, just take a moment out to do the deep belly yep. breathing and just relaxing the jaw and just sighing it out. And then we hit gotcha. them with another laugh, another laugh, another laugh. Gotcha. And then we do the yoga breathing. So that's I where... I do one. Sure. I want to come do one. Sure. Well, I, we're just down the road. 10 minute walk from here. Oh, I'll come. So um, come along to one of our laughter classes. It's an experience that everyone should have at least once. Yeah, I want to do it for sure. What what time are they? they, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock every Tuesday night at South Bank, the Boyd Community Centre. Doing a blatant plug here. But there's laughter clubs, Victoria. There's Laughter Yoga Australia. There's clubs all around Australia. In fact, all around the world. I'm going to do one. I've never done a laughter class before. Yep, there you go. I'm obsessed with um, self-development not even self-development. I'm just obsessed with um, mood and happiness and wellness. You know, yep. like I, I've I've been taking magic mushrooms for um, the last eighteen months um, in a therapeutic setting yep. for myself and and um, just trying to figure it out for myself if I think it works. You know, I meditate every day. I have yep. you know gratitude. I gratitude journal and or, or just to, I'm doing a lot of work on my gut health to cool. because of the the gut and brain connection and, and so forth. And it's just something that I. My grandpa uh, took his own life and then I've got like lots of stuff going through my family of mental health and yep. it's just, um, I'm actually intrigued by the whole, you know, the whole idea and I would love to check it out. Um, well, when you get into Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine, it's about holistic health. It's about the whole body, not just curing the symptoms of the mm-hmm. disease. So mm-hmm. they go through the energy centers, the chakras mm-hmm. and mental and physical health is only two of the seven. Mm. You know, it's complex. We've got to work on all seven of them 
align them, open them up, and that's what true holistic health is all about. So, yeah, everybody is obsessed with mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. I'm going, what about emotional health? What about mm. social health? What about self-health? Mm. What about the other energy centres in your mm. body? And that's the traditional medicine that's been around five, six, seven thousand years ago, which for the last 200 years we've just forgotten about. Mm. That's social. Um, social health is an interesting one because yes. I had a conversation the, um, the other day <clears throat> with a... No, I had a conversation on the podcast and, and one of our listeners reached out and said, hey, that was an interesting take on um, binge drinking because I was talking about yep. how um, I know that my mental health would be a lot better if I didn't drink at all. Yep. I said, you know what though? I just want my mental health to be good and I want to be able to drink. And yeah. I, said, I said, you know why? Because unfortunately, it's a social, you know, the way that our society is structured right now, I can't go in and change the way our society works. Like yep. a lot of, you know, having beers with my mates and over yep. dinner or going and getting drunk, whatever. Yep. it is a way that my group of friends, you know, yep. we, we bond. And so, and I said, look, you know, as long as, you know, I don't mind feeling hungover at all. Um, but I, I don't like feeling, you know, anxious and so forth in, in, in the head. It's not worth it for me when, when I start to get in those kind of patterns, if, you know, and I don't drink much. But I said, but the juice is a lot of the times worth a squeeze because if I have a good night out with my mates, and I don't, it doesn't have to be drinking, but I'm just saying that yeah, yeah. a lot of the time it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. If I have a good night out with my mates, like for example, last Thursday, I had beers with, it was in the last couple of weeks, I had a nice dinner with my mate and I had like six beers and, and maybe not even three or four beers and a good amount of food and heaps of laughter <clears throat> and it was just awesome. And then the next day, I had another night with another couple of mates and then the day after Sunday, you know, I'd had a couple of nights of having a little bit of like, you know, some, some booze and I shouldn't be feeling great and Monday I shouldn't have been feeling... I was just jumping out of bed. I was, I was bouncing out yeah. of bed because I'd caught up with some of my oldest friends and just laughed their heads off the whole time. Yeah. And I think that actual... I don't even know if that's what you meant by social health, but that was my just take on it is, um, you know, getting with your friends and just having a f good catch up and a good laugh. Like it is yep. literally the best medicine, you know? Yeah. Well, that is exactly what social health is all about. Yeah. It's having some mates, some associates that you can hang out with, mm. share your deepest issues. Mm. Um, you know, they don't have to be at work and uh, they're ju just people you can hang out with and just yeah. have a really good time, even if it's just... You know, telling people what upsets you, those yeah. really close connections. Unfortunately, social media and IT and everything yeah. is actually disconnecting us. Yeah. So it's making us socially isolated, mm. causing all sorts of mental health um, issues. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. And um, we have a culture in Australia of drinking. Mm. So if we're going to go out, we will generally go out to a bar and we'll have a drink. That's mm. just what we do. But when the drinking gets out of control, for whatever reason, be it binge drinking or to try and forget or whatever it is, um, the <clears throat> circumstances to that. And they manifest in our bodies, in people being admitted to hospital. And once again, nice segue without you knowing it, my gig tonight is for adult children of alcoholics. Mm -hmm. I'm going, wow, it's a support network, adult yeah. children of alcoholics. I'm going, hang on, I'm actually one of them with my dad. Yeah. He drank himself to death. He was an ex-naval wow. um, uh, seamen mm -hmm. through the second world war very violent man as well mm. but um you know there is consequences of this alcoholism yeah and i only ha i live in melbourne here and i only have to go out after 12 o'clock at night which i don't and you see the impact of yeah. too much alcohol on oh, society yeah. it's 100%. it's unhealthy 
in so many ways. Yeah. So many ways. Oh. So have a, have a good group of friends. Have a couple of drinks with them because it loosens the inhibitions. And the common thing that you'll find is the laughter. You'll just have yeah. so much laughter. You'll know you've had a good time. 100%. I think one of the things that's lacking in our society, I talk about this over and over and over on this podcast, is um, which I'm interested to hear if you've heard of it before, is um, like the concept of a third place. Um, so people have home is not place number one. Okay. Work is place number two. Yep. And the third place is like, that's like your happy place normally. That's yeah. like a place that you choose to go to. Sure. Which is like your, your rowing club or yep. your chess club or your yeah. weekly, you know, salsa dancing, you know, get together yeah. or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and we, we're, we're, we're distancing, distancing ourselves from, you know, social environments like that more and more and more that, that, you know, the more that we get into this social media era and um and and i think it's just really not healthy so that's why i've done a lot of work with um with my new business with um gyms and and uh there are a lot of our a lot of our clients are gym owners so we really you know we really help them in their business and it's great because you know they're a really really important social construct for people i feel like you know it might be the best hour of their day going to the gym the best hour of their week you know if they only make it in once is is that and i think you know social health is you know, the, the concept of a third place is really big for me in the social health aspect. I'll think about that, that this afternoon, but two points on that. When we have the laughter club every Tuesday night, people often say this is <coughs> the happiest place of the week. Yeah. It could be a little bit sad if <laughs> <laughs> this is the happiest time, happiest place. Yeah. But they just, you know, we just love coming to this place and having a big dose of laughter. Yeah with these happy, positive people and hearing their laughter. I'm going, maybe that's their happy place. The point is, at the end, we do a little grounding meditation. And at the end, I'll always say, now, you know, your body's nice and relaxed. You've been laughing and now you're grounding. Mm -hmm. And then I say, now smile and go to your happy place. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't tell them where that is, but you can just see them light up. I go, I don't know where you've gone, but you've gone to your happy place. So I take your point. Even if you can't physically go there, when you're meditating, you can Mm -hmm. actually go there, go... Mm To that time when you are happy and free and yeah, and it just takes you away from the other two, which may not be your happy places. Mm, yeah, um, let's. Um, How much time quickly, have we got? We, look, look, we've probably got about five minutes, Merv, and, we'll, and we'll wrap it up. But I just wanted you to touch on this um, laughter question that you mentioned before the show. So, so what's going on there? Explain that to me. Yep. Thank goodness for that, because I thought we haven't got onto the laughter mm, question no. yet. I know time's moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was watching a TED talk and. Someone said there's the art of laughter, but not the science. And I'm going, well, let's create the science of laughter. So science is a series of mathematical equations, Mm -hmm. E equals MC squared. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at medicine. I'm going, hang on, medicine's a mathematical equation. You know, blood pressure, 120 over 80, heart rate variability. It's Mm -hmm. all mathematics. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, let's create... uh, Even when um, they're prescribing medication, take two pills three times a day for a week. Three grams of this going, It's all maths. So where is the maths of laughter? So I created the laughter quotient, which is a mathematical equation. And what we now need to do with this mathematical equation, now that we have the the numbers and the, the denominators and all that sort of mathematical stuff, is to start administering it to people with certain diseases... Mm-hmm. as you would a medication. Mm-hmm. So the laughter quotient is length times repetition divided by volume times pitch. Now, that mm-hmm. probably won't mean anything to anybody, but that's okay. The fact is they are the four different parameters. Mm-hmm. It's the length of the laughter. It's the amount of times that we laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, within that period of time, it's the volume that we laugh and it's the pitch. And mm-hmm. this is based on everything that I've known about the body, mind and yeah. physiology yeah. and what happens. And what we do is we start playing 
with the person's laugh. So the people that I'm working with at the moment with the laughter quotient, they have a known disease and I'm trying to cure them of that disease. Now, by that, I mean take away the symptoms because as far as I'm concerned, that's what curing a person is. You take away the symptoms and they're cured. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're working with someone with depression, someone with anxiety, someone with pain and someone with fibroid tumours. And we are playing with the laughter quotient to have an impact on that person. So let's just pick the person with depression. Let's say with administering the laughter quotient, getting them to laugh in a particular way Mm -hmm. for a particular period of time, for a particular length of time, if all of a sudden they have no depression anymore, I then analyse that and I've got a graph. My military experience um, has me understanding sound waves and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff as an electronics engineer. And I go, okay, is that the laughter cure for depression so i go to somebody else with depression go laugh like this this many times a day Mm. so that's how we're trying to prove the concept of it all and we're trying to do it with four different people and you know we'll just see what happens but it gives the ability first of all for people to understand it as a mathematical equation Mm. and go okay so what are you telling me if i increase this number here and decrease this is this the placebo coming back but but if it's a placebo but you're not administering anything so it's not really a placebo like how hey, you've taken something. It's just, it is the effect. And it is yep. a, it, it is an effect that comes from here, but it doesn't mean it's a placebo. It, it is what, ha- you haven't given any ex- uh, any exogenous or inter- uh, whatever. No, no magic mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> That's an example. Yep. Um, but you know what? I have no doubt, to be honest, I mean, what do I know? But but I have no doubt that you'll find the right results in that study. I know because, I will. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because... If you do studies on, on, on someone who meditates for an hour a day, they're going to get good bloody results. You get med, uh, someone who goes for a, a surfing for an hour a day, you get all these different things. Like if you consistently do it and if because of what it does to, to, to the brain and to the body with the endorphins and stuff, I have absolutely no doubt that you'll, you know, in five years' time, in, in, let's, let's be realistic, maybe in 20, 30 years' time, you know, maybe it will be that, you know, magic mushrooms are prescribable by physicians laughter therapy is a is a is a practice that's yep. fully adopted into, into the world yep. um um you know there's people have to go and have you know in their workplace they have to go and go surfing for it they have to have you know happy place time in their in their day yep. every day because like all these things that it makes perfect sense but we just haven't really gotten there yet you know i think we're starting to get there and we're starting to trial it all and, and test it all out which is pretty exciting yeah, so the laughter quotient's exciting. It's making sense of something that we know is good for you. Yeah. And we can actually change some parameters and administer it as you would a medication. Now, the good thing is there's no negative side effects. Yeah. So if you take, <laughs> if you take other oh external medications, there will be a side effect. Yeah. And sometimes they're negative. there is no negative side effects nah. with this. And we're having great results. So watch this space. Oh, you great. interviewed the guy who created the laughter quotient. Amazing. So good on you. Amazing. And, uh, I'm going to be famous one day, mate. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let, let's see what happens. But um, I'm going to work hard on this because I know it's the next stage of science and medicine um, using laughter as a therapy. So very excited about the whole thing. Awesome. All right. Well, Merv, let's um, let's finish off with um, quickly, where can people find you? So anything that you want to plug? I know you've mentioned a lot of stuff. Where's the best places for people to find you and what you're, what you're doing? Yeah, not hard to find. MervNeil.com. So I've got my own website. Mm-hmm. Um, Laughter Yoga Australia. Um, type in laughter 
into most things, my name will come up. So not mm-hmm. hard to find there. Mm-hmm. I encourage people to look for a laughter club, mm-hmm. go down and experience what it is um, to uh, to get together with other people and just have a laugh and uh, put their laughometer on at home and at work. You know, if you're watching something funny, mm-hmm. how often do you actually laugh? Because it's the actual process of laughing where all the magic stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go and, ha- go and sign- find some happy friends to hang out with and have yeah. a laugh, but be mindful of how much we don't laugh and how seriously we take life nowadays oh. and just just get a little bit of balance there that's mm. all all right well Merv, i really appreciate you coming on the show Bill, it's a pleasure i think um let's finish with 30 seconds of you've got to take me you've got to get me laugh you've got to let's do it let's finish on a, yeah on a laugh. all right so i i never make anybody laugh but i'm going to take you through a laughter exercise just to see what happens all right, all right? Okay. so our laughter comes from three places <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's put your hand on your throat there bill mm-hmm. and just smile and breathe in and go <laughs> can you feel it in your throat yeah you yeah, can feel yeah, it yeah we don't yeah. want to do that that's often evil laughter <laughs> that was a dr evil laugh wasn't it the actual dr evil laugh <laughs> so what was interesting as soon as i said that you went <laughs> which is the second laughter yeah, right? yeah put yeah. your hand here yeah. Smile and breathe in and go. It's <laughs> 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 called hearty laughter. Yeah, yeah. That's our default laughter. All if right. we see cool. or hear something funny, cool. we go. <laughs> so yeah. evil laughter or yeah. or or shy or concerned laughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is our default. <laughs> mm-hmm. The real magic happens here, all right? Okay, cool. Hands. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Smile and breathe in. Don't be. You're with a trained professional. <laughs> <laughs> Smile and breathe in. Go. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what we do when we're helping people find their laughter, we just explain where it comes from and just how we're trying to get it coming from here. You know, it's just okay, about cool. moving it down into there. And then the last thing we do is we use our smile string. So grab your smile string, mm-hmm. pull it nice and tight, mm-hmm. bite it, pull it up over your headphones, drop the jaw, and just go. That's just a little, oh, a little God. taste of what we do, and it's it's to trick people. You know, it's simulated just to trick them to get uh, out of their head, yeah. and then once they start to find that real laughter, they go, "That felt fantastic." Can we do it again? Can yeah, we do yeah. it again? Can we do it again? That's what a whole laughter session is. It's just a series oh, of allowing man. yourself. That's like good for it. <laughs> yeah, you get an instant instant yeah. oxygen hit. Yeah, you do. Yeah, straight yeah. to your head. So, you so it's good. All right, Merv. are we done, sir? That's a wrap. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. We do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> Fantastic. <a wrap. laughs> Thanks, man. Nice meeting you. It. Take care. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that show, please tell a friend. Please subscribe. Please do all the things that will help us grow. Um, also, don't forget to check out trueprotein.com.au. Use the code BRO at checkout for 10% off. Also, head to yeti.com.au. AU forward slash bro, check out the best coolers in the business. And then lastly, check out Athena. That's Athena with a Y. Athena.co. 
Use the code BRO in the inquiry form there when you, when you set up a demo and you'll get 20 hours free of our virtual assistant services. See you next week.